0: You know, speaking about email lists and community and prioritizing building your community as a yoga teacher, whether you're online or in person, this is so important is to build your community because I have a really intuitive gut feeling that this teacher training is going to sell out because, and I think it's going to sell out with mostly my studio members because they are hungry to keep evolving with me. They are so primed and educated to take on this next level of studentship and step into the yoga teacher role because they've been consuming all of this incredible content inside of the studio, right? They've been dedicated practitioners and they're really just waiting on me to get my shit together.
1: Ellie, welcome to the Blissful Bliss
0: podcast video show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's so good to reconnect with you. I know. It's so amazing. I think the last time
1: you've been on the podcast was early 2020, uh, in the middle of 2020, the middle of the pandemic, crazy times.
0: Yeah, at that time, my husband and I were on a circumnavigation sailing journey. And my yoga community and business was the main factor that was supporting that endeavor. And then the pandemic shut the dream down, unfortunately, but through that dream getting shut down, many other ones have been birthed like my daughter. So um, a lot has changed, a lot has evolved. And I'm so excited to see where we're both at.
1: Yes. Um, Why don't we start with you introducing yourself to the, I think, I don't know, like one or two listeners who don't know you yet. What do you do?
0: Yeah. So I am a holistic yoga student and teacher, and I really love to help expand yoga students' perspective of what yoga is and really help people make the shift away from The mainstream watered down version of yoga that so many of us are exposed to, to embracing a holistic yoga practice that has tools and teachings that help you grow both on and off the mat. And I do that through a YouTube channel. And I do that through an online yoga studio called the Body, Mind, Soul Studio. And I do that through in person retreats that have just now been brought online again (laughs) post COVID. And um, I'll also be doing that through a future holistic yoga teacher training that I'm currently building. Oh, amazing. That's so exciting. So thanks for that update. And you're based in Florida now, right? Yes, born and raised here, back here, building a family, building our root system and continuing to build this business. That's nice. That's so exciting. It's a beautiful
1: place to live as well. Do you think you'll ever go back to living in a sailing boat?
0: Yeah, so we have a dream to get back out there in about a decade. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scarlett will be roughly 10, and hopefully our second kid will be roughly 7-ish. So old enough to be a little bit responsible while traveling, but young enough to not get mad at us for pulling us away from all of their friends and social activities. (laughs) Um, We would love to do another journey and start in the Mediterranean and make it to Australia. This past experience. We got cut off in New Zealand and that's where we left our boat unknowingly and uh, then had to sell it there when the whole world went into lockdown. Who knows? We might be able to meet up here in Spain (laughs) in the
1: Mediterranean. Who knows? (laughs) Hey, hey. I might be in 10 10 years.
0: years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we do hope to get back out there.
1: Mm. So tell let's talk a little bit more about your business today. Um, you're such a huge inspiration for a lot of yoga teachers. I think I use you as an example of what's possible all the time. <laughs> yeah, mm, I'm really you. inspired by your business and by what you do. It feels like you really found a way of growing it, of building your business in a way that feels aligned you do your own thing you don't follow like every trends or what everybody else is doing it feels like you really like that you focus now on chakras and things like that so it's not like lose weight with yoga or i don't know any crazy facts that are out there and i love that it's so beautiful to see that can you share more about your journey really um how you got there where you are today
0: Yeah. So I became a yoga teacher while I was still working full-time in the marketing world, very much a corporate culture. I was in a cubicle. I became a yoga teacher thinking that it was my gateway into a new career. As I'm sure most yoga teachers realize very quickly that the outdated in-person studio model will never get you to a thriving full-time income. It's really impossible and not sustainable. Or fulfilling. And so about a year and a half into working in the studio four or five days a week, also working my full-time job, I decided to get online. And these were the days when blogging was popular. Pinterest was just gaining traction. Instagram was coming onto the scene. And teaching yoga online was looked down upon. And so when I got on YouTube, I was actually nervous that I was going to get trolled by other yoga teachers and told that this isn't appropriate, this isn't responsible, but I did it anyway. <laughs> and look where we are now. Everyone's teaching online. Um, And through YouTube, I built my email list, which is my greatest asset to my business. Still to this day, it always has been, and it always will be. And I developed my first course or program and that then snowballed into in-person retreats and now my greatest achievement is our online yoga studio which is the body mind soul studio and we're going into our fourth year so we've gone from I don't know if we're still considered a toddler <laughs> but um we've gone from newborn to infancy into toddlerhood and I think we're really coming into our own now with what we What we offer as an online yoga studio and one that we really pride ourselves in, we really pride ourselves in being holistic. And so that's incredibly important to me. And so along the way, you know, my journey started off like many young yoga practitioners. It was very vinyasa based. It was very athletic. It was very competitive. And I really chased the advanced, I'm doing air quotes here for the listeners, I really chased the advanced postures, seeking success, achievement, a sense of worthiness, something to post on Instagram. <laughs> and, um, you know, in time, the lore, the enchantment faded away. And as I became a yoga teacher and delved further into the teachings, I really became disenchanted with the surface level experience that I was having. And so that really began to guide me as both a student and a teacher. And I noticed that when I would put this type of content out on YouTube, it barely gained any traction. Like if I put a class out themed around one of the yamas or the niyamas or the chakras, at the time the chakras weren't as mainstream, it barely would gain traction or a pranayama class. And this is really still true to this day, right? It's a very mainstream World out there when it comes to people approaching their yoga practice. And I got really frustrated and fed up because I was putting all this time into sequencing and filming and editing and promoting. And I knew these teachings were important and that they were resonant and transformative. And I needed to just get them into the right hands. And so that was really the itch that started the Body, Mind, Soul Studio, where I had a safe haven to deliver these teachings that I was really finding my own, you know, my own self within as a student. And um, I've never looked back. And the teaching has evolved or the studio has evolved so many times. There's been so many iterations, just like anything that goes through stages of evolution. Um, but that that's where I'm at. And my in-person retreats are mostly filled with my studio members that want to meet in person, as well as people on my email list. So it is my community that wants to come and gather and connect in person. And um I feel so fortunate that I always knew from the beginning to build an email list.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, so many people today say that's so hard. They create a freebie and then nobody's interested in it. So um I think... It might be a little bit harder today because people are now used to all those freebies. And when you started, and probably when I started, like business for yoga teachers, it was so unique.
0: There wasn't really was anything so... else out there, right? So yeah, uh, the... you could put out any freebie, <laughs> and almost anyone would download it because it was new to be able to get valuable content for free online and delivered straight to your inbox. And now that's not new. No, no. And I heard this great thing on another business podcast about how COVID sent us into this state of overconsumption because we were all at home and most of our lives were put on pause. And so we consumed more content than we would in that, you know, 18 to 24 months. And now people are burnt out on consumption And so we have to get so much more creative to get people to feel enticed enough to give us entrance into their inbox. And not only entrance into your inbox, but then take the action to download the material or listen to the podcast or watch the webinar. People are just tired.
1: There's (laughs) a lot of noise for sure. I feel it's more important than ever to be authentic, share a voice, share your unique, voice and don't just like share what you read in yoga journal or what you learned in your yoga teacher training you don't want so many people sound like a wikipedia article and that can't be it you did an amazing job right from the start you're a great writer I think you have Mm. such a unique voice and how you describe your classes and your newsletters. So I think that's why people are following you. So it's not because you put out a freebie or a beautiful Pinterest pins. um, Those people wouldn't have stayed with you if it weren't for the connection that you then built with those people um, through your content and through the way you show up and share what you feel really um
0: inspired about. Yeah, absolutely. I try to always read back what I'm typing and make sure it sounds like what I would say aloud. Here's a great example. I just had to cancel our new moon ceremony inside the studio because I had a stomach bug and I was profusely vomiting. And my team put out a notice for me that the ceremony was canceled and they did it in a very nice way. The communication was unfortunately, Allie isn't feeling well. And I read that and I was like, ooh, that is just not transparent enough for me because Allie isn't feeling well could be uh, translated as, oh, she has a headache or a little head cold. And so therefore we're not important enough for her to try and push through, right? Or it could be like a
1: big crisis.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so I edited the copy and said, Unfortunately, Allie is currently vomiting and she'll be unable to teach your new moon ceremony aptly. And so my team was like, we didn't know how transparent you wanted to be. And so I try to be very real and authentic so that people know exactly what's happening. And this isn't always, right? I'm not giving people the behind the scenes of every single tragedy that's happening. But I think that's why there's a deep sense of community within my community, because I've been very real throughout the years um, and very transparent with what I know and what I don't know and what I'm navigating and when I need to take a break from YouTube or take a break from Instagram and why I've done that, et cetera, et cetera. How does it work now in your membership? Do you teach live
1: classes? Is it only you teaching or do you have other teachers? How many members Mm -hmm. do you
0: have? What does it look like? Yeah, so I'd like to go through the stages of evolution if that's okay for you. All right, so the first year we started, I did a monthly workshop. And so there were themes like the Yamas, the Niyamas, the Root Chakra, the Fall Equinox, wheel pose, really whatever I was studying and curious about, I would develop a workshop around. And that workshop would include a collection of classes and what I call off-the-mat materials, which is usually in the form of a workbook with journaling, contemplative, reflective style questions in relation to the -the on-the-mat practice. So we can have this holistic experience, right? So I did a year of that and then I got burnt out and I was like, I can't keep coming up with all these monthly themes and monthly workbooks. And so then I switched to a year-long chakra theme because I was teaching that at my in-person retreats. And so I had a lot of content that was able to get repurposed. I had the sequences already written. I had the manual materials that could be broken up into individual workbooks. Um, So I did a year of that, right? And then I transitioned into quarterly courses. Because again, I was like, this monthly grind is too intense for me right now. And so then I transitioned into quarterly courses with myself and guest teachers. And these were immersive courses, almost mini yoga teacher training programs, if you will, pranayama and yin mantras and mutras, mindful eating, uh, strength training, and somatics. So I sought out really skilled teachers within their fields and brought them in to not only diversify the teachings and expand people's experiences, but also to take the load off me, right? So I could be the visionary and be the leader, um, but also be a teacher still. Um, at the same time we were in COVID land and this is when I brought in the live experiences, but we went ham, like to ham. And what I mean by that is we had a live meeting or call every single week. There would be a call with me, uh, a class, and there would be a book club, then there would be a coworking call. And it worked in the beginning because people were crazy frenzied for intimate online connection. If you remember this in the very beginning stages of COVID, (laughs) we were obsessed with Zooming. But then a few months into COVID, people were burning out and our attendance rates were dropping rapidly. And so then the next iteration, which... um, was last year is, again, we did our quarterly courses, but we really stripped away a lot of our live offerings and got down to the bare essentials. And so now we have a book club every quarter, we have seasonal virtual retreats, and we have one monthly live gathering where it's part asana, part journaling, part intimate connection. And then we've evolved again. I think I'm going into the fifth year. Yeah, we're going to the fifth year now and now I'm back to monthly classes. So inside the studio every year, we do a survey around summertime. And then at the end of the year, we do a town hall meeting to announce all of our changes and why we're making those changes. And it's really based off the studio survey results, but it's also based off my intuition. And so people were getting stuck in this place of I'm not completing the courses. And so therefore, I'm not a good yoga student. And so therefore, I shouldn't be investing in this membership. And so as a result, I'm going to cancel, right? And that's your biggest frustration as the owner or leader or business. um, Yeah, the leader of any membership model, whether that's an in-person studio or online, is people canceling their memberships, right? It's called churn you want your turn to be low. (laughs) And so um, I have to listen to people, right? And make adjustments to keep them engaged and feeling like they're making incremental progress. So we're going back to monthly classes, but they aren't super immersive, intense with workbooks attached to all of them. And I have guest teachers still involved. So 50% of the content is me. 50% of the classes are filmed by guest teachers. And I just want everyone listening to know that it took me two years to build up to even having the courage to invite people into my studio or the ability to let go of control. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, so we've got a monthly class, um, a monthly class offering, and then we have live events but there's one more thing that we now have in the studio that really sets us apart from pretty much every other yoga studio that's online. And me and the team have secretly signed up for almost every competitor's uh, community. And that is we have what's called a success path. Do you know Stu McLaren? Yes, of course. Yeah, I've done his yeah, program, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So this is Stu's um formula. And it is that when people enter into your membership, your course, or let's even say your workshop series as a yoga teacher, or even an in-person retreat, right? they're coming in and starting at point A, and we wanna bring them to point Z, as quickly and as clearly and as effectively as possible. We want them to experience transformation. And often online studios, whether it's yoga, whether it's fitness, whatever the the element is, you log in and there's just this overwhelming amount of content. And there's not much direction around what to do with it. Or there might be a simple PDF that says, pick your favorite courses that are in the course library and get started. <laughs> and no, it's and overwhelming. So yes. It's so overwhelming. And You know, I found this with other yoga memberships that I've joined personally. I found this with uh, business memberships that I've joined and then I quickly leave Uh, because we we sign up. We enroll in a teacher's vision because we want their guidance. Right. We don't want to have to guide ourselves when we're students and we shouldn't have to. At a certain point, you get to a level of being what I call an empowered yoga student where you're able to discern what you need based on your energetic resources. But that takes a lot of time, right, to develop that that ability to discern what you need. Um, So when people enter, enter into our studio, we take them through what's called the body, mind, soul method. And the backbone of the method is based on the chakra system. And so you go through these seven stages and you take different courses that have been filmed from the beginning of the studio, right? I haven't been creating new content. I just repackaged all my content that I created throughout the years into this step-by-step successive progressive formula. So that people can come in and they immediately have a path to follow. And it really eliminates overwhelm and confusion. And it helps them build this holistic toolkit that I'm constantly preaching about.
1: Yeah. I love so, that.
0: That's amazing. I love
1: that, yeah. you, um, that you created that. Let's call it success path. Maybe you have another
0: word. <laughs> um, yeah. So we call yeah. it the body, mind, soul method. Mm. But it's based on Stu McLaren's success yeah. path teaching. Yeah. I love that. And also with
1: your monthly workshops, do you use them in your marketing? No, not yet, because it's not open all the time, right? You have like, uh, like how often do you open doors to your
0: studio twice a year or twice a year? It's not as consistent as I would love it to be. Uh, we were sailing. I was pregnant. I was in postpartum. Um, but nobody cares been... about that. I mean, seriously,
1: <laughs> my you just have to make cares. your life and do no what <laughs> works for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, my bank account cares,
1: but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> aside from my bank account, um, no, I I have energetically always said, I've always been very clear on when it's time for me to launch. Um, this year, one of my central goals is to be evergreen with possibly a yearly live launch layered in to create more engagement and excitement. Um, the live launch model is definitely dying from my opinion. It's the model I've been doing for everything. Um, and I've just noticed the engagement has dropped, is really dropping, um, on an ev- from every perspective, right? From a paid advertising mm-hmm. perspective, from an email enrollment perspective, from a social perspective. And the way people did launches a year ago, two years ago, again, I think it's that saturation and overconsumption and people being too distracted, the whole join a Facebook group, post your engagement every day, all this noise, all this intensity. Over a period of five to seven days, people don't have the bandwidth. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, <laughs> I don't like when someone comes to me with that invitation, even if it's a teacher I really look up to and trust and want to learn from, it's a big no for me. Uh, I just I don't want to be somewhere every single day at the same time live with you. I have a baby, I have a business, I have a husband, I have my own interests and pursuits. Like I want to watch it in bed at night (laughs) Um, on my own time and then decide to enroll, you know, based on your messaging and what you're selling. And so that's my big goal this year is to learn how to get the studio successfully evergreen with that added layer of live launching, maybe once or twice a year.
1: No, that's a really, I still do live launches, but in a very easy flowy way right normally it's just like one master class and I don't even do challenges I don't want to do a summit with a million participants and emails and that's oh that sounds like like the most stressful period that you could have in your life and um and basically sell something all the time every week yeah. Not just yeah. I don't want you to have bigger and bigger launches and affiliates and other things. Just like once or twice per year. Yeah, as you said, I think people. It's probably still working. I mean, people are still doing that. They're still following that model, but it sounds so exhausting. And mm-hmm. I think evergreen. I think it's time to give the power back to your customers. They're not stupid. When they are ready to invest, why would you tell them you have to wait for six months? They will go somewhere else
0: exactly exactly and that's just the truth of it it used to be that people would wait because there weren't as many options right and now the options are endless and they will find what they need with someone else if you're not ready and able to provide it and that doesn't mean you need to be evergreen but i think the current the current landscape is a blend right, is finding, yeah. just like we teach in yoga, you know, Shtira and Sukha, you know, strength and ease, stability and support. Um, we want both, right? We we want to be able to offer our programming when people are ready. But we also need times where we, like, increase the intensity.
1: <laughs> no, and it's also a great way when you have people who went through your evergreen funnel, So it's like your email sequence or something inviting them to join and they didn't join. And then when you do a live launch, you're actually reminding those people of your offer. And they're like, oh, now it might be the right time for them. Now they might be in the right mindset and they might join. So just to Mm -hmm. get back in front of them. And then, of course, when you do monthly workshops or events, you can use that in your marketing. If you want to join that, join the membership.
0: Yeah. So you have mm-hmm. an
1: incentive for people to join. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, so, um, no, I think something we're going to
0: test, um, start testing is our quarterly seasonal virtual retreats inside the studio is selling those as one-off live experiences to the greater community and hoping to then convert people after that event into a studio member. So yeah. it'll be a low ticket, you know, offer where you come to this two hour live workshop, two hour live retreat and get a taste of our yoga community. And then hopefully come into uh, the studio as a full-time member. Right. So we're brainstorming how we can do it. Um, and, you know, back to talking about freebies, Even my current freebie with all the awareness and knowledge and experience that I have really sucks. Um, it's not a great, it's not a great lead generator to go into the online yoga studio. Like the puzzle pieces are not fitting together well. And I've known this for a while. I haven't had the capacity to focus on it. And So it's still converting people onto my email list. It's a great freebie, right? It's packed with resources. It has a great email sequence that supports it, but it's not the one that's going to help funnel people into the studio. So I think sometimes we have to be patient. Not sometimes. We always need to be patient with ourselves and extend grace knowing that we can't work on the whole puzzle all at one time. And, um, you know, identify where the misfits are and then just know like, okay, I'll get to you when I have the bandwidth. But right now I'm over here. And for me, my here right now is building an online yoga teacher training. And originally I thought I could start a small high ticket yoga teacher coaching program and build a teacher training. <laughs> and I quickly realized, I can't do both. And so this year is dedicated to building that teacher training. And that's really my main focus. And the studio becoming evergreen, having a better lead generator, you know, increasing my views and visibility on YouTube, having a better social media plan. Like all of that will happen and I want it to happen, but this is my baby this year.
1: I love it. Yes, this never ending to-do list, but then... Figuring out and committing to what you really want to prioritize and mm-hmm. see how you can manage, what you need to change, how you can adapt, all the other things. Yeah. But you have yeah, a teacher and, training that is a, like a high-ticket program.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's it'll it. be in the yeah. few thousands, um, the lower 2,000 range. And, you know, speaking about email lists and community and prioritizing building your community as a yoga teacher, whether you're online or in person, this is so important is to build your community because I have a really intuitive gut feeling that this teacher training is going to sell out because, and I think it's going to sell out with mostly my studio members because they are hungry to keep evolving with me. They are so primed and educated. To take on this next level of studentship and step into the yoga teacher role because they've been consuming all of this incredible content inside of the studio, right? They've been dedicated practitioners and they're really just waiting on me to get my shit together and, you know, have the courage to evolve myself. But when you build a community, they want to grow with you, right? And so one of the main Um, reminders of this element is my in-person retreats. So with COVID, we had to cancel two, And then I didn't lead them for two years. And then I I was like, okay, this is the year 2022. I'm going to book three places. I'm going to take a risk and hope that these three sell out. And they all sold out. And I was really nervous. Like I haven't led one in so long. Da, 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 da. I've been off Instagram for two years. I've taken some big breaks from YouTube because of pregnancy and postpartum. But because of the trust factor that I've built up with my community, being in front of them consistently, pretty much weekly over the span of six, seven years now they want to participate they want to connect and they believe in me as a teacher and what i can provide them as as a yoga student and so that consistency is so important but also I'm, you created that content library on youtube
1: right people still yes. find youtube videos that you posted probably 6 years ago so it's yes. not just
0: instagram content that nobody looks no. at anymore
1: that's like the biggest difference
0: yeah so when i was you know late pregnancy, early postpartum, we could compile, you know, lists of yoga classes for people to do and keep sending out weekly newsletters, you know, not pointing them to new classes, but just repurposing and reusing and recycling this giant content library that already exists, right? Um, So that has been hugely beneficial for sure.
1: I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, the same in my business and everybody else's it's always evolving and things that we started with 2016 i think that's actually when we've been first like i think i emailed you hey <laughs> and i also had a travel blog back then the yoga travel blog and then i found your travel blog or something
0: yes oh, yes yes um <sighs> 2016, I was getting married. And I think that was the very first program I built. So I had probably been on YouTube for a little over a year at that time. Yeah. And oh, man, things were very different. But things are always different, right? Like if someone enters into the scene now, five years from now, you'll be having the same conversation. And the people who are teetering on the brink of entering into entrepreneurship will think, well, you started five years ago, and you had this leg up because things were this way then. And now they're so much more difficult. Now that conversation has always existed, and it will never end. And there there will always be that perspective of, well, it was easier then than it is now. That's so true. Definitely. Yes.
1: And things are Many things are easier now when it comes to tools, for example, platforms that you can use. If you want to create a yoga membership, you can just use something like Akita or Moments or there's so many platforms, right? I think you have a custom built one or how did you have you set up?
0: Yeah. So because I already had a program that I've been selling for a few years, I had the capital to invest in a custom app. And so that first custom app ran me about 10,000. I'm sure the number has gone down because even five years ago, a custom app was pretty new. And now I see ads all the time that you can build a custom app for a really low entry price. Um, And then we have a custom desktop site. So that's cost me a lot of money. If I could go back in time and I knew how much a custom desktop site would have cost me... I might've just stuck to the app, um, but I'm already years into it, so I can't, I'm not turning back, (laughs) but, um, we have a custom app and the desktop site mirrors the app and, um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's functional. It's intuitive. I love it. Our students love it. And, um, yeah, I. it's a fully functioning online studio that is almost as incredible as an in-person studio, right? It's just it's missing an amazing accomplishment those four that, walls. You, that you created that. I think that, yeah, I'm that I'm really
1: proud of what you created there, the community and the business. And it's so easy yeah. to get lost in thinking, oh, what's next? What I'm working on and see like everything that went wrong or something and to see the challenges.
0: But you can, I mean, really, I celebrate you. I'm so. Thank you. Thank you. And something else to note for teachers that are thinking, well, I need to have this massive audience to have a membership model. An audience will help you, of course. And let's call them a community because that's what they are. But, you know, in comparison to my peers, like Yoga with Adrian or Yoga with Cassandra or Sarah Beth Yoga, a lot of them have, they all have apps. I think we all have an app now, Brett Larkin yoga, cat in yoga. Um, But the way I differentiate mine is it's almost quadruple or triple or double the price of everyone else's because of what we offer. And we've joined all of the other membership models, all of these other people's memberships and the, participation that we input me as the leader and my team is just so much greater. And also having our body, mind, soul method, that success path embedded within the studio, the value is just more. And so therefore I charge a way higher price. And so, you know, my one member is worth four members in comparison to yoga with Adrian. So you can offer I don't want to say more, right? People don't need more stuff, but you can offer more intimate, you know, yoga teachings and tools, whether that's live or pre-recorded and price it higher so that you don't need this huge audience to have a successful online yoga studio format.
1: Yes. I love that. I love that. Definitely. One Mm. of my students actually starting a membership, she's doing prenatal and postnatal yoga. Mm. And even though I'm normally more inclined to recommend online programs for her, it makes total sense because people who are pregnant, they're on their their own deadline, right? (laughs) They don't want to wait six months until the next live launch. So Absolutely. they want to when they find you they want to start immediately and then hopefully they also stay until the end of their pregnancy and post pregnancy period to work with you. So um there the other membership model makes total sense because everybody is really on their own deadline on their own timeline basically.
0: Absolutely and um The hardest part about a membership model is the churn. So people leaving or what's called retention. When you offer a course, a standalone course or program, right? You have a refund policy, but once that deadline has expired, you're not refunding people's money. And so it's very clear how much your income is, right? Whereas with a membership model, you need time to figure out, well, what is, I don't remember what it's called, my life, my LTV, my lifetime customer value. And so you need a, uh, at least like a year of data to figure out, well, what's the average amount of time that someone is spending inside my online yoga studio. And so then what's the, and I know we're speaking in numbers now. So then what is the average worth, of that person based on income. And then that can help you decide, okay, well, how much will I spend on advertising if I were to do that? And so in our studio, just roughly for math right here, where's my calculator? And my husband has been very helpful in me understanding this, as has Stu. Are you good with all those numbers and data? Did you have to,
1: I don't know, get familiar with that, learn how to look at
0: that. Oh yeah. I'm not a numbers person. I am kind of allergic to it. And it's probably my biggest vulnerability and area for improvement that I could strengthen is looking at data. Um, I am allergic to it. (laughs) Like if it weren't for my husband creating me an expense report, template you know a few years ago i used to just do my expenses at the end of the year and i had no idea what my monthly profit or expenses were or income like, i knew nothing and i just was like things are going well <laughs> and um he's really helped me evolve and mature but the average member inside our studio is there for around 13 months wow and that's really so, long amazing yeah and You'll think like, oh, only someone's staying for 90 days, but then you'll have someone stay for two years. And so then they balance out that person that stays for 90 days. And so the hardest part is putting in systems to retain people once they come in. And we all know this. Think about your own behavior. You enter into a membership model. You're like, okay, I'm going to use it. I'm so excited. And then you don't do shit. And then you start to resent it because you're like, oh, I'm paying for this thing and I'm not using it. And it's taking up my my precious resources. And so boom! I'm going to cancel. <laughs> I think my longest so now, membership is Netflix. <laughs> like right now I have a Peloton and I haven't, my husband and I haven't gone on it in probably six months and it's in my room staring at me, mm. the bike, and I'm starting to really hate it. And I look on Facebook marketplace to sell it. And <laughs> there's so many for sale because I think there's so many people in my boat. <laughs> And so I'm either going to lose a lot of money selling it or lose a lot, a lot of money continuing staring at it, or I just need to get my ass on it and use it. So, <laughs> um, but my point being, that was a huge learning curve for me uh, over the years is learning how to put systems in place. And one of my team members came from a really unexpected industry. I think she worked for a bug control company, but that's a subscription service, right? Like people pay for bug control services and they come out every quarter or every six months and so she was very much embedded in the retention of their in their retention model and so when she came into our team she took what she knew from that company and helped us build this whole customer care program where we check in with people like every 90 days and we have different messaging that we send depending on the maturity of their membership. And so your 30-day message compared to your 90-day message compared to your six-month message compared to your you know 12-month, your 18-month are going to be entirely different because we hope that you're maturing with the materials that you're learning. And we hope that you're building relationships within the community. So we've got this amazing program now where emails go out based on the maturity of the member. And that's been a huge help. But that took like three years in the making to figure out like, wow, people are dropping like flies because I'm enrolling them, but I'm not caring for them enough. Like content isn't enough. There's content everywhere and it's free. So the hardest part is getting people to stick with you.
1: Yes. And with their own journey and development as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So because it's so easy to give, I think that's the business model of normal gyms that you get a lot of members and then they don't show up (laughs) because if everybody who would be a member would be show up, they wouldn't have space.
0: Absolutely not. Right. So that people
1: feel already like they're doing something just by being a member until they check their credit card details and realize, Oh, I'm paying for all those things that I don't really use. And then they cancel. I think that yeah. was the problem I had when I had a membership, the Blissful Biz Hive. And I found that a lot of people joined and then didn't show up. And I didn't want, I felt like I was giving them the feeling that they were doing something for their business. But just by being a member obviously isn't enough. You also need to take action. And that's why I moved for my field, which is, of course, different to, um, to yoga. To a more premium model, where people are committed. When you pay, you pay attention.
0: Yeah, and and I think it's two different. Um, it's two entirely different fields. Mm-hmm. In that when you're when you're showing up to learn entrepreneurial skills. It's just like when you're enrolling in a yoga teacher training, you are there to get educated, to learn skills and to develop within your role. It's just like if you sign up for university. Right. You're not going to pay thousands of dollars and not go to your semester course. But for me, and this is what I'm trying to reframe with my membership and my community is that if you're practicing yoga holistically, then you are a lifelong yoga student. You are not a yoga student only when you get on your mat. You are not an only, you're not a great yoga student only when you're consistent. You're not a great yoga student when you are sweating your butt off in a vinyasa practice. So I'm trying to reframe everyone's perspective that. No matter what, you're a yoga student. And that means you will have seasons of low activity, seasons of intensity. You might only participate in our book club because that's what you have the capacity for. Or you might use our class calendar and not be interested at all in the body, mind, soul method because you don't want to go into those deeper teachings. You just want consistency and guidance with our class calendar that tells you what to do every day and how to get on the mat fast, right? So I'm trying to help people expand their perspective of what it means to be a lifelong yoga student and a lifelong learner and in a state of lifelong growth and evolution and not see the membership as this thing that you constantly have to be using to be validated. Right. But when you're showing up for business, it's very much so different in that you do need to be showing up. Otherwise, you won't grow. Right. I think, um, I agree because I know I joined Stu's membership after his course and I wasn't using it. And, uh, I signed up for the year because he had a big discount and I, I canceled it. I just wasn't showing up. It wasn't benefiting me. Right. Whereas with yoga, I feel that the teachings, when they're delivered well, they travel with you off the mat. And they start to really permeate your life and your relationships and your mindset. And that sticks with you as a student. And so you feel very connected to your teacher and the teachings. And you don't need to show up every single week or even every month to feel like you're gaining value. And so I think that's another thing that sets me apart is I'm not delivering this basic stuff around how to strengthen your core. Because that's not what someone's going to take off the mat and into a difficult conversation, right? I try to deliver the deeper stuff and the stuff that's going to stick with people. And so throughout the day, when they're in a place of struggle, they come back to the mantra or the affirmation or the breathing technique or just the through line throughout the practice that they just experienced with me. And they're able to lean on it for support and have this sense of scaffolding in their life. And so they don't need to check in in the studio every single day to feel like they're getting their money's worth.
1: Yeah. And that's been a big reframe. That's a really interesting reframe. Yeah. I love that.
0: Mm -hmm. It's been a big reframe for me too. As a yoga student, there's been a deep sense of guilt and shame. If I don't get on my mat every single day and I've been really tough on myself and my mentor um, Prasad and many of my mentors in the past have helped me realize that softening is how we stay more consistent. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, consistency is important, but we have to give ourselves some grace as well. And you, know, like you have a kid, you have like a family, it's difficult. And a business, mm-hmm. to spend like mm-hmm. two hours a day on the mat and two hours meditating or something is probably a challenge. I can
0: imagine. It, it is a challenge and that's why I don't spend 2 hours on the mat. I have a 15 minute breathwork practice I do in yeah. the morning, usually with my daughter playing around me, and I fill out a gratitude journal and that's my current practice. And I barely practice asana. Um I'm much more steeped in the pranayama and the mantra. At the moment and so letting go of the idea that i need to be an asana practitioner in order to teach it has also been a big hurdle um but again it's just i think the natural evolution that we go through
1: and especially i think as a young mother i think it's just like it's it's a phase in your life where all your priorities shift and Mm -hmm. it's probably an opportunity to learn a lot (laughs) (laughs) about
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um any other questions about the membership that you think your listeners would be interested or facets of my business um yes please share us um where people can learn
1: more about that and check it out and become a member
0: yeah so the body mind soul studio is the membership and it's the body mind soul it is currently closed, but maybe you're listening to this many months from now, and I have figured out how to be successfully and sustainably evergreen. <laughs> and so you can join right away. And I just want to say yoga teachers are the predominant listeners here. And so we also have, uh, I would say maybe a quarter of our members are yoga teachers that are there to steep themselves in their sadhana and so really reprioritizing their practice. Um, I think that's the biggest trap of becoming a yoga teacher is you get so caught up in becoming a yoga teacher who's interested in building a successful business. I should say that, right? Not everyone wants to combine entrepreneurship with being a yoga teacher. But for those of us that do, we get caught up in this trap of the teacher element and the business element and we often forget our studentship. And when that happens over time there's a huge misalignment that begins to occur and that's where I feel imposter syndrome really starts to surface and our messaging gets watered down and our ability to take risk uh you know weakens and so we have a lot of teachers inside the studio that are simply supporting themselves through sadhana and through getting on their mat and and being exposed to the deeper teachings, um, the the richer teachings. Uh, So please come join us if you're needing to reconnect with your mat. (laughs) Otherwise, there are hundreds of YouTube classes that are available for free to support you on my channel.
1: And we'll all add all the links to the show notes and below the video so you can definitely check it out. So what's next beside your yoga teacher training? Do you already have plans beyond that? or?
0: Yeah, so in-person retreats are back, which are great. Um, those are going well, minus the one I just had to cancel. We had one sold out in Peru and there's been a lot hmm. of political and social unrest. And luckily, I had the experience of already canceling to due to COVID. So the emotional attachment to canceling it wasn't as extreme as it was back then. It still sucked because we've been planning it for seven months and we had to cancel it just two weeks prior. But anyway, uh, these are things that happen as yoga teachers. And it's our yoga tools that can help us navigate these difficult challenges. Um But in-person retreats are, are back on the docket. The studio, I I have a goal to grow it to 3,000. Currently, we're hovering around 800. I think the highest we've gotten is 1,200. Um, so I'm obsessed with the number three. I have a triangle tattoo on my wrist to represent mm-hmm. body, mind, soul, the union of all of these different elements, our multidimensional reality, et cetera. That's why it's called the Body Mind Soul Studio. Um, so I just totally lost my train. Of so that. there are two more
1: kids on the horizon as well. Oh
0: gosh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> definitely another one we're hoping will happen. No, yeah, it must be three. Maybe, <laughs> you maybe just said it. three. It must be three. I three. Um, but I would love to have a yoga teacher high-ticket coaching experience. Um, that's something I've been dreaming about for many years. And, you know, I've definitely been nervous about who am I to, to offer this container. So many people are further along. Uh, My YouTube channel is slowly growing compared to other people's YouTube channels, or my Instagram exposure is much slower than other yoga teachers. My membership is Lower so there's there's still lots of imposter syndrome right that holds me back from pursuing my own dreams but that's one that I know I'll pursue after the yoga teacher training um, and I got a harmonium about a year ago that I've been avoiding so learning how to play the harmonium is something that I want to pursue and really taking my teachings more towards the subtle side. So more mantra, more pranayama, much slower asana practices. So that's a transition I'm going through um, and nervous about because YouTube really loves the fitness element of yoga. And so learning how to, how to evolve in that way and letting go of, well, this is what main this mainstream world expects of me but this is what I'm really practicing and what I want to be teaching so I'm trying to make that shift that's that's been a bit difficult yeah so that's a shift I'm working on and then lastly I have these visions of leading hiking hiking retreats with uh yoga being the foundation of those Uh experiences
1: yeah i love that (laughs) i think there's one from a student of mine she's doing those amazing yoga and hiking the camino trail
0: in spain really yes that's not far from you Hmm? that's not far from you huh no no uh i could
1: definitely do it if i wanted to i have a dog now so (laughs) i she travels everywhere with me so i have to find experiences that we can do together So we do a lot of hiking. That's why I actually moved here to the mountain part of the island as well. That's why I'm also considering Switzerland as a destination because of the mountains. And that's what I missed in Portugal. It's nice to hang out at the beach. Yeah. But I don't surf. And so it wasn't really my vibe. And I missed really walking and hiking.
0: Yeah. I'm burnt out on Florida for that very reason. It is flat. There's only ocean. And I've I'm born and raised here. And there's only so much ocean you can explore. And the mental, emotional clarity that I experience from being in the mountains and hiking absolutely supersedes how I feel at the ocean currently. My husband, though, is obsessed with the water. <laughs> so that's why I'm hoping maybe I can mitigate what I want and where we live with um, adding in these retreats. So I have my eye on some trainings that I would love to pursue, uh, like outdoor leadership and outdoor mindfulness uh, to really create a beautiful, profound experience. Uh, I'm sure as you know, when you're hiking, it's like, The challenge of it, the breath work that gets involved, having that at some point, there's a single pointed focus that's required when you're really on a strenuous hike and you're battling your inner demons of whether or not you can really make it. And I feel like all of that is yoga off the mat. And um, that's something I want to pursue, too. No, I love it.
1: The most beautiful hiking I've done was in Norway. Highly recommended.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was just having a great conversation with someone who's going to Norway and I've never been. Uh, so I'll have to pick your brain because I'll get there someday. For now, it'll probably be stateside, uh, retreats with young babies in my, in my current season of living. Um, but yeah, those are some of my dreams. Um, like I said, the, the number one one is the teacher training and that'll, that'll probably be, the main thing we focus on, uh, for a couple of years, because it won't be, it'll be, you know, a closed cart scenario. We'll all start together. It'll be a cohort and I'll only lead one a year so that it's sustainable. Um, so that'll be an evolving, a new evolving offer that, you know, will continue to expand and change. And so that and getting our studio evergreen. Oh, and one last dream. <laughs> I really want to start a podcast again. I used to <laughs> podcast and um, I've been getting all these intuitive hits to to return to podcasting. And so I would like to explore that.
1: I still love it. I'm so happy to have like amazing guests on the show, especially I do this mix that I have like normally it's like one interview and then it's a solo episode.
0: How many years has it been now?
1: Um two years since no three years it's like early 2020 i started
0: Yeah, three years
1: three years oh my yeah. god yeah i think i just published like the 150th episode
0: yeah congratulations so much effort and dedication and devotion and so many people have benefited it's yeah
1: when i do something i'm pretty consistent with everything that i do in my business i haven't always been like the best at selling or things like that or strategy, but I'm consistent if I do decide something.
0: I'm the same think, way, Suzanne. You I, I don't them. think I'm the best at selling or strategy. Uh, I think it's been consistency and I think consistency wins over intensity. And we always have areas that we can grow within as entrepreneurs and as yoga teachers, Um mm-hmm but the consistency will always win, <laughs> right? Yeah, I
1: think it's I think it's having a strong vision and I know that I'm in this for the long run. I see yeah. myself having like this online coaching, business coaching business. I'm in my 60s or 70s. I have white hair. I look super wise. People listen to every word I'm saying because I'm uh, so <laughs>
0: good. So this is what, have you ever read Playing Big by Tara Moore? I don't know. <laughs> So, she has a whole teaching that you envision your inner mentor, and yoga teachers can do this for their businesses. And you're describing your inner mentor essentially. She's this wise future version of you that's living your life.
1: No, no, that's not so true. My inner mentor is actually a
0: child. Oh, okay. It's the,
1: from this children's book, The Kindliche Kaiserin, the childish um, empress uh, okay. from a book. <laughs>
0: All right. I had that
1: well, like in a visual visualization. She showed up.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. Um, well, I love the long-term vision, and I think that's this. That just goes back to the analogy of being a lifelong yoga student, which every teacher here we have to remember that. And so, if you're a lifelong yoga student, then you're also a lifelong yoga teacher with me. Which means you're a lifelong business owner. And so, I think we have to relax and let go of. Intensity and fast and this sense of rushing everything and just let things gradually happen and unfold with that element of consistency supporting us. And it's just like a marathon runner and how they train for that race. You know, we're training for that experience throughout our lifetime here on planet earth. And, um, I'm the same as you. I think I'm finally relaxing into my pace and not feeling so rushed, you know, to get somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's phases. right now. I have that phase where I'm working more again. Last year, I really didn't work a lot I had private stuff going on. I was traveling a lot and it's, you know, it's, it's always hard to find that balance. I don't think it ever goes away. And, um, yeah, and it's just like some phases right now, I'm like, I want to do all the things at the same time again. <laughs> I think that's probably going to for maybe for a few months. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, okay, let's just like take the camper van and go on a trip and do just what, what's necessary.
0: Mm, yeah, I'm so glad you found that flow for yourself. And I hope everyone listening can give themselves the grace to also do that. Social media exposes us to everyone's highlight reel. That's not a new Uh, catchphrase that we've heard, but it's really so true. And it's really easy to show your life through the lens of constant growth and constant success. Um, But that's just not the reality. Like look at nature, everything goes through this cycle of birth, life, death, and rebirth. And so do we, and especially as women, we definitely go through that physiologically And then there's energetically what's happening out in nature with the moon and the seasons, and that's happening within your business. And just allowing that to happen, I think, takes off a lot of the pressure and it creates more spaciousness for creativity and leadership. Yes.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful So Thank you so much for Mm -hmm. taking the time to show up here on the show again. I so appreciate it. it was lovely talking to you and I really wish you all the best on with the teacher training and the retreats and the membership and everything.
0: Thank you so much for having me again. Nice chatting.